0: Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human.
1: I'm Nick the Human.
0: Episode 101.
1: 101.
0: Triple digits, baby.
1: We are in the new era.
0: Feels like we've been here for a month.
1: <laughs> yeah, almost. Almost feels like that. Um, thank you to Steve for joining the last episode. This is our this is our last episode of VmoVember.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's just the way the schedule is going to happen this this time around. We we get three three episodes in for B November twenty twenty
1: two. At the time of recording, there's only uh, eight days left, or seven
0: really. Yeah, and we've got the holiday coming up, and I'm leaving on tour next week.
1: Yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going away next weekend too. So, no, all right. No time. Well,
0: for the last time this year, play that B Movember theme song, baby. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> hello. Hell, yeah. And hello. Uh, I, I guess we could say, if Eric's going on tour, let's just do it. We did this at Buried at the End of pe- Past an Hour last time, but Eric's going on tour. The Hall of Phonics have a new album. This is the album release tour. We've been hyping it. Let's just throw it in here at the top of an app. Eric, tell them about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so when is this episode going to air? Next week. Next week. We just posted. Yeah. So we, yeah. Okay. Uh, So, The Holophonics just released, at this point, our second lead single off of our new album, Luminaire. The music video is on YouTube and streaming on Spotify, and it might be my favorite song on the record. Wow. Probably. Very,
1: very cool. Um, What is it about it? What do you like the most?
0: Uh, I mean, the lyrics are probably some of the best lyrics I've written uh about like a really serious topic that right i wrote these lyrics in like this is now three years ago shit yeah Uh the end of 2019 um and they like really sort of came to me pretty easily i was uh i don't know the last several years lyrics have become way more important to me in my songwriting and this was like one of the easiest songs to write in terms of the lyrics and like some of the best lyrics that I've written, which is like rare that that kind of thing just happens to you every now and then, like something just like Came. flows through you. And like, I think I wrote some really good lyrics. So hell yeah. It's also like got an interesting kind of Lydian thing happening throughout the whole song.
1: Ooh, that's exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: not You're not hearing that every day. Yeah. Um Yeah. So Go pre-order that record, Lavos. Coming out December, what is it again? December 16th. 16th, yes. Uh,
0: however, if you order vinyl, it ships immediately. Great Christmas gift. Yep. I'm giving
1: it to myself. A <laughs> <laughs> guy snagged that uh, splatter blue pressing before it's gone.
0: Uh, by the time this episode airs, it might be gone.
1: Yeah. Well, hop on it, guys. Uh, get, get, the, get the vinyl. So that's exciting. And then you're going to play... You're playing Texas, Denver chicago and
0: here here's the list of dates one more time oklahoma city denver dallas austin tulsa chicago and st louis starting december 2nd
1: nice go to the holophonics instagram
0: uh or the holophonics.com Ooh, a website very professional it's got links to everything
1: yes go follow it um and go say hi to eric in a town that'd be cool if some adventure heads came out
0: yeah where do adventure heads live <laughs> in any of those cities? Maybe.
1: Maybe they're all around <laughs> according to the analytics and anchor.fm. Yeah. spread all around a bunch of uh, listeners uh, overseas as well, which is kind of fun. Yeah, that's cool. Well, look, I'm going to Ireland. That's right. Th- this weekend. Um, and if there's any adventure heads over there, uh shit we're not gonna post this probably before I go, uh, so I can't oh no, we will oh, I don't know if we will. I'm leaving on friday where are let me pull up right now. we could post this on friday cool, and then you can email us. Did you see the mail at gmail dot com and say what's up Nick? I'm in Ireland <laughs> oh yeah, okay, so it's less than one percent uh of our listeners are in ireland
0: but that's still somebody (laughs) yeah so that's cool it's gotta be one person then right i think so we've got about 100 listeners i think Mm -hmm.
1: the geographic location of the listeners might only be for spotify as well um and there's people listening on lots of other things so i don't know but yeah i'm excited to go i'm whoa interesting look at this we were we were very male heavy at the beginning of the listening of this podcast and um and we've shifted now look at this we've got a sizable non-binary listenership 24 percent 30 percent female and 46
0: percent male that's cool that is cool and Dude, who' we've gotten it, we've gotten younger too who is it that said that anything that only men like can't be cool <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I guess I implicitly agree
1: because I was concerned about our overly male listenership. Yeah, uh, but that's okay. I, I'm, I am a male, I guess after all. So it, <laughs> w- we're two males, <laughs> it would make sense.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm like, I would say like a non-binary man. So
1: that's how you identify.
0: Yeah, it's probably like the best way to say it at this point in time. Okay. Well. Cool. (laughs)
1: You're finding your people. (laughs) Uh, So that's cool. And we've gotten younger. Look at the the listenership. Yeah. But it's cool. I mean, we've got some of y'all are out there, are listening every week, and we appreciate you. That's cool to feel like we have a dedicated listenership that's keeping up with us.
0: Yeah. We had our best day in months yesterday. Yeah. For some reason. I'm not sure why that was. (laughs) I think a lot of people were catching up. Yeah. Look at that did we post Steve's episode
1: yesterday? No. This that was the day before the we before. posted Steve. Uh oh. Oh. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Yeah. That's know. why I was like, what is uh what is that all about? But uh very fun. So I don't know. Thanks for listening. Did you see the mail at gmail.com if you wanna have a, a dialogue. We did find that in you can leave us a message at anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast.
0: Oh yeah. I don't know how to do that, but
1: it's possible it happened we got that one yeah it'd be fun to get more so in the next hundred episodes let's let's get a couple more of this <laughs> yeah a couple more of this going but that's fun it's fun to see it means then that like new people have picked up on us it's not like our listenership has grown extensively but different people are listening to us now
0: yeah i guess that's good <laughs> It's, I, I think it's good. <laughs> the implication is we've lost
1: listeners. <laughs> no. Well, now over over three-fourths of our listenership is under the age of 28, which is interesting. Um, I'm surprised that the 28 to 34 demo, because that's where you and I are in. Yeah. So th- well, that's good about that is that it means that most of our listeners, we probably don't know because they're quite a bit younger than us. Yeah. Very <laughs> cool. What's up, guys? <laughs> and gals and they, thems, uh, <laughs> love you all. <laughs> I'm trying to not, I didn't have to gender our listenership and yet I did. <laughs> is, is guys, how is that looked at by people using, cause guys is just colloquially used as addressing a large group. Yeah.
0: Of people. I think we've had this conversation before. It's, it's definitely worth revisiting. Um, I always felt like it's definitely a gendered term, but a more, softly gendered term uh and giving the rhyme or the slant rhyme to uh adventure guys oh yeah this
1: this is when we talked about it it
0: it felt like it it was too good of a name to pass up but i did want to specify that this was a podcast for humans and not just guys yes um but yeah I, i guy has always been in my understanding a queerer a more queer way to denote like um, a masculine side of things, like um, Grindr and some of the other gay apps, they usually say looking for guys. They don't say looking for men. Yeah. It's like kind of a creepy Craigslist way to say things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't, I, I don't know if you've uh, ever encountered Play Guy magazine. <laughs> I know it exists. <laughs> yeah, it's because uh, there's there was Playboy and Play Girl, yeah. and then Play Guy was the gay one. Uh, and I don't think it was officially sanctioned by the same company.
1: <laughs> now Playgirl had naked men in it, right? Yes,
0: but it was for women. It was not marketed towards gay men.
1: Right. So <laughs> they might do different art direction articles, the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Um that's that's sick. <laughs> um because it it would be different. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's is it still in operation? No. Yeah, I went to there's a magazine shop. Uh, called Casa magazines it's in lower Manhattan it's like pretty famous and they had a, a big display for butt magazine they had like multiple issues there when I went in and I was like that's pretty sick <laughs> and like the cover was like was I think it was pretty aggressive but I was like fuck yeah <laughs> it was like it was like it was like art directed extremely cool too um it's so that magazine place I was like I'm in peak New York right now um, <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh yeah okay so yeah the term guy
0: it's uh yeah i, I feel like
1: doing to check in probably 50 episodes after the initial discussion of guy
0: right yeah uh, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like specifying humans and that it is slightly more queer is is important
1: yes <laughs> all humans yeah and dogs and dogs and uh game boys yeah. Foxes and Ice Kings. Oh, Bo-
0: Boys spelled B O oh, I. Yeah. Also a more queer way to say boy, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember on the Holophonics tour everything was a boy? Yeah. And uh that I did. I remember coming back from that and using boy and people were like why is everything boy and I was like you guys just wait, this is going to catch on. It did catch on.
0: That's that's something that I that I use guy for like like a Philly John or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah say so, hey can you pass me that guy over there like yes yeah. i use that too
1: um yeah it was just interesting yeah and i still fe- do that at work people doing in emails hey guys or addressing meeting at work it's just like it's interesting it's so part of the,
0: the yeah vernacular. i i uh i i tend not to use it in general situations like that um I've adopted y'all into my vocabulary since living in Texas, which is use that too. so useful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love y'all. Plus it's fun. It makes you sound folksy. Yeah.
0: I, mean, I started saying it ironically as a New Yorker living in Texas, and then it just, it caught on It became so convenient. And like, there are certain, certain like moods that you can only convey by using y'all uh-huh. in a sentence. Like if you're talking to a person and like, you want to like,
1: it's more jovial. It's more inviting. Yeah. Yeah,
0: there's like
1: it's more yeah. it's more like it's more like throwing your arms around a group of people be like, "Hey y'all, come on now."
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where there's not really a, a direct translation of in other regional dialects, right? Like yeah. like you know, there's some things like in French or German that we can't like adequately translate in English. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Y'all, there's there's not really a New York equivalent to that. Like you have to use y'all."
1: Yeah, y'all y'all I think is really spread out. I do remember a time in 2018 when using y'all was exciting. <laughs> and it wasn't me. I remember I was working with somebody else who was a couple years younger and I saw her start using y'all in a couple emails like to the team and and she was like hip and you could I was like oh like it has an energy it had an energy to it. Yeah, yeah. You know when new words are coming in <laughs> yeah. and it feels good and you're like oh I remember y'all being one of those. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what a couple other I remember when Lit came in. Um I'm trying to think of what
0: <laughs> Lit when did Lit come in for you?
1: 2015.
0: Yeah, I think I didn't catch on until 2016.
1: Um Lit was another one. I was working with the the singer, rapper, uh Drum, and we did this uh party or this listening event where people got to like writer music writers got to meet him and listen to it. Him, him and his whole team were using lit and my friend used the lit and they looked at him like, Oh, this guy knows what's up. And, <laughs> and they were, they just kept saying it all day. And that I was using it. And I remember later that summer I saw, I think it was like an ex girl at the time. Like I was, you know, I it was fuck seven years ago. I was way more immature. I was like, she was, and I was telling her about what I was doing. I was like, Oh, and by the way, He's like, yeah, you know, work's going to this. Oh, by the way, lit's going to catch on. She was like, what? I was like, I was just with this this dude. That, that I, I'm telling you, it's going to take over the world. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what other. There was some other word. Oh, I mean, I'd say about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, "bop" came into everyone's lexicon. <laughs> yeah, and I like "bop," but it it was so overused so quickly for things that weren't "bops." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I, that just like bummed me out because there are certain things that are like that are bops and there are certain things that are good songs, but they're not bops. <laughs> yeah. It needs to be like a bouncy pop banger to be a bop in my mind. Yeah. Have an uplifting quality. Have you listened? I was guessing, have you listened to the new Carly Rae Jepsen?
0: No, there's, there's new Carly Rae Jepsen. Mm-hmm.
1: She's put an album. She has a song that's blowing up on TikTok, and I can't believe I didn't send it to you. Cause I thought it would have. And it's like the definition of a bop. It's with Rufus right? Uh, okay. Um, and there's like, dude, you're going to love this because it's the part that's blowing up on TikTok. It has like 250,000 videos. It was like, it's become really viral. It's uh, the beginning of her, or it's like the bridge of the song. It's not the chorus, the hook or the intro. It's like three and a half minutes into the song, it, like in the bridge, they lean into it and then everything drops out and she starts singing. And that's the thing that everyone loves.
0: Interesting. So
1: it felt very, uh,
0: felt very you. <laughs> I, yeah. I still love Call Me Maybe. I think that's a fucking perfect pop song.
1: It's a great song. And have you, um, oh, here it is. This one? What happened was we reached the moon, but lost in space. I think we got there all too soon. It's from a video. What? It's a perfect, I'm back for you, perfect TikTok clip. I'm back for you I haven't heard this. Yeah, 14 million views. I'm gonna send it to you. And uh, it's got people are using it or memeing the shit out of it. Where, like, especially I'm coming back for you. Like, that's very, very memeable.
0: 183,000
1: videos. Um, Go check Have you listened to, you listen to her second album, uh, Emotion, much?
0: Uh, No. Dude, I haven't. Dude, I loved that song. And then I never followed up and listened to anything else by her. <laughs> so, so bad. <laughs> so you're good. When
1: Emotion came out, and it was, um, immediately it became sort of like a cult pop classic for like pop dorks. And it gave her like, she got this huge thing up with calling Maybe, then she put out a motion and it seemed like it gave her like an actual core fan base that weren't just like, you know, pop hit maker, like pop yeah. fans, like, uh, like kind of like Katy Perry has like a, a lot of pop fans and she has a lot of great songs, but then there's like Carly Jepsen or Charlie XCX or a
0: bunch of these like have like like their stand communities. Um, Yeah. Um, I love Katy Perry. Um, There's a, there's a DJ night that happens at Brooklyn Bowl regularly. uh, Best night ever. Yeah. Where they they play like, it's like under the auspices of emo night, but they do like 2010s music. So there's like a lot of one direction and stuff like that. And they kind of always have to play call me maybe and firework. Yeah. And they usually save it to the end of the night. And the last time they did it, they didn't play either of those songs, and I was so fucking mad. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> like I just sat here for like three hours listening to the DJ play Jonas Brothers, and I didn't get Car- Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> Damn it! What,
1: <laughs> dude? Not cool. Yeah, not cool. So there's these two songs on Emotion that are bangers. "Run Away with Me" is like a this song starts with a big sax hook. Let's get into it. It's v- it's very good. And then, uh, I really like you. That was like the oh,
0: I think I know that one.
1: That was like the big single off of this yeah, album.
0: Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah,
1: I'll give that a like on Spotify. <laughs> uh, Run away with me is a very good song. But uh, yeah, she just sold out like Radio City, which a lot of people with massive hits can't do that because they're just casual uh passive fans so streetlight
0: manifesto couldn't sell out radio city <laughs> uh i think they took a bath on that show yeah
1: well they were bandits of the acoustic revolution at oh, that show that's
0: right um and that album
1: that show happened in complete fucking isolation i w- like i'm 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 impressed that they were like we're gonna put up a band of the acoustic revolution show at Radio City Music Hall, like a year after we did a beacon, with with no new music or crazy marketing, we're just gonna do it. Um, and Streetlight keeps doing that; they just keep touring without putting out new music, which you can yeah, do. Right. But at some point, you're like, "I need a new record."
0: Are they doing a new record? They've been saying they are since the last one. Could use that. And he doesn't do any press. Like he, I think, I think there was an interview about it like two years ago or something. He said he. Like, they were working on it, and then the pandemic, like, kind of put a pause on it. And But it's it's in the works. Like, they are working on new music. It's supposed to happen soon.
1: Yeah, if it comes out next year, it'll be 10 years since the last album.
0: Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> and it's not like, they have not been on hiatus. Like, they've been touring. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, they do, they do, like, like. A couple tours, like two shorter tours a year, right? They like,
0: will announce all of their tour dates for a calendar year in January. Like, they'll announce their December dates, like, at the beginning of the year. And it's like, <laughs> must be fucking nice to have everything, like, all, like, lined up and ready to go.
1: You sound mad <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound nice. Organization. Um, well, hopefully they put out a record. It'd be nice to see them again. Um. But go Carly Ray. Okay. Um let's let's talk about the episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> episode
1: discussion.
0: Okay, so this was season five, episode twenty eight. Be more. Be more. This is essentially Beemo's origin story episode, very lore heavy.
1: It is. I expect it to be more lore heavy, because because uh, some episodes that are lore, you get, like, it's heavy. And I guess after seeing Distant Lands, like, those are very lore heavy. And this was still a fun adventure episode with lore baked in. But I guess it's, you got to remember, is season five. So, at this point in the show, this is still...
0: Yeah, I, I felt like this was mostly lore. Like, there were some funny things happening. But it was, like, just a lot of, hey, here's how BMO happened. Like, they just straight up give you a lot of answers and... I
1: guess most of the the whole episode is basically a quest, though, to to get a driver. And
0: at the end, you're like,
1: "Oh, this is how it all works."
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty singularly focused. Yeah, uh, they need to get from point A to point B, and when they get to point B, they get all the answers. Yeah, um, pretty straightforward for an Adventure Time episode, actually.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it starts out where BMO is just hanging out by themselves goes into a cardboard box to get some privacy and then just starts deleting files <laughs> as a way of
0: feeling good. This is <laughs> this is one of the silliest things. Like, be most... Like, wh- what? Th- what is this analogous to? Like, drugs? Doing drugs, sort of? But, like...
1: That's what I was thinking. I was like, I guess it's sort of doing drugs or, like... It's almost, like, sort of masochistic behavior. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're, like, pulling your hair out or something but it's it's not like it's not like uh self-harm because i guess it is but also it's so joyful for me it's <laughs> it's kind of complicated yeah uh because I, I was like again like we talked about this with steve i was like this feels tied to sort of a trope behavior but i was like i can't tie it back to any sort of <laughs> specific trope i guess i've never seen uh someone delete their files for pleasure before
0: right what was a did you ever do this this thing this was like a a fucking fad in like middle school where kids would like make themselves like pass out like where they would just like hold their breath and like like push on their neck or whatever until they lost consciousness and they were, they oh, were thats just crazy. Like <laughs> I mean,
1: it definitely happened. That's some real East coast stuff right there. But right, yeah,
0: <laughs> but it's I like don't. some, like some pre drug use, like way of just like fucking yourself up. Like it's <laughs> like a 13 year old. <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess that's kind of like, yeah, people like doing the cinnamon challenge or chugging a gallon of milk or like doing wild <laughs> stuff before you're, before you're doing, it's in that, uh, that crazy period where you're not, no one's dating girls yet, and you're not getting like fucked up on substances, and you have just all this energy of no early, uh, It's kind of like we're, when Jackass comes into most, uh, men, yeah. <laughs> young boys' lives. Uh, I, I imagine women like Jackass. That's something I would love to see a, uh, a gender split on the viewership. I gotta feel like Jackass is is, uh, male heavy. Yeah. Uh, because it just makes so much. Sent. I would love to ask some of my female friends this. I I've uh lots of uh friends or girls who like Jackass, but I think there's something very spiritual about being 12 <laughs> and watching Jackass. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the same thing they get it. They just get. They have that energy where yeah, I want to huck myself into a bush in the parking lot. Right. Um it, yeah, it's It does stick with you too into your early twenties. I I will
0: say, Um, right? It's fucked up because it's such a like a like a very like middle school boy kind of energy, and yet they were like in their twenties, like definitely fucked up on drugs, doing all that shit. Yeah. Um. So. And still doing it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The new one was was. was Although now they're like sober and doing it.
1: Yes, it's it's wild. (laughs) So they gotta find the inner 12 year old boy within themselves. <laughs> right. And, uh, it like, comes full circle. <laughs> yeah. I like to picture them doing like meditation and spiritual practice to get closer to their, their core center self, which is someone who's going to like, I don't know, drink piss, <laughs> you know, um, speaking of which, do you like, uh, channel five? Do you ever watch that with Andrew Callahan? Used to be mm, all gas, no brakes. I don't know it. Uh, now, I'm going to see him live in December. He does these series of like, uh, he goes to crazy places and makes these videos in sort of an investigative journalist style. And like, he'll go to the NASCAR with like him and he wears this big suit and he's like in his early twenties and the cameraman and he just interviews people. And his gift is that he interviews them and he really just asks them questions and lets them go. And people are so crazy that they just <laughs> go, 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 go. And he, Will nod his head like he agrees with them, even if they're saying something crazy. <laughs> and it just it just descends into real madness. He's gone to a fish parking lot, oh um, my gosh. the trucker convoy when they were closing down the borders around COVID. Um and now he's he's done some of these more like focusing on specific people. And there's this one dude I watched, which we could watch later, uh Will Blunderfield or something it's called. And it is like the most insane video I've seen on the internet recently where it's like, it's this new subsect of guys where it's like, it's it's like, it's all over TikTok, and I know you're not on it. So God bless you. But like, you know, like the, the topic of masculinity is like a big thing and like making men masculine and stuff. And this is a guy who's does same sex erotic bonding. And like, he doesn't, he doesn't come. He doesn't, and he like shares energy with other men. And what's really interesting is that like he basically like he's he won't he's not gay, but like they're like it's like it's really it's like but like clearly like it's, it's, that something's going on, and it's really he's like he'll have like he's like I have gay urges, but then when I do the same sex round bonding, it gives me more energy in my core, it makes me it gives me a more procreative energy to then go with women and it's sort of like dude are you fighting this off because of this like you want to be masculine it is like it is insane you got to watch this (laughs) i can't i can't explain it well but it's just like wow like you it's one of those you watch these videos that he does and you just go wow there's a lot of wild people in this world like my life sometimes i think i've maybe gone a crazy way or i'm feeling out of control or wild And then you see him talking to someone at Talladega and you're just like, well, I think I have it more together than I think I do. Uh, so we can, we can spot some of those later, but, um, but anyway, BMO, yes, uh, is deleting files and then BMO, so just the files gets a little zonked out, it's nice, it's huffing, uh. The, you know, the keyboard cleaner, would you say? Uh, yeah. that's kind of, <laughs> right. that's kind of the effect of it. And then goes into delete stuff and is going to delete its core driver. Right. Yeah. And which is maybe not intentional. It's not intentional. BMO does it and like shorts out. And then when Finn and Jay come, are you okay? BMO? BMO knows what they did. Yeah. So it's sort of interesting.
0: There's, there's a whole bunch of files in there that BMO deleting and it, it went by so quickly, I wasn't able to read it, but I think they probably said some funny shit.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, very, very, I'm trying to see if there's a, a list in here of the things.
0: Um, there are a lot of, like, Windows executable files, which is such a silly thing. Mm,
1: I don't see it. Well, we can look for it later. <clears throat> um,
0: it's probably a screenshot somewhere.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Uh <laughs> Oh, there it is. Oh, here
1: we go. Okay. File source script. Fin stuff. <laughs> it's a folder. Fin yeah. stuff. Goober hunt.
0: <laughs> and I saw that. <laughs> He's got a whole disk image of goober hunt. <laughs>
1: oh, fin stuff was deleted. Yes. File source script. <laughs> of you know, core system drivers. And lots of control files. Clean,
0: clean jokes. Electric slide? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Electric slide remained. Oh, okay. Clean jokes was deleted. Conk flow, core system drivers, and then a bunch of controls. BMO kick? Was it? Yeah. BMO chop. BMO chop.
0: <laughs> force field? Is it force field? Yeah, but force field did remain. Frown recognition? BMO's got some crazy programs in there. Bemo knew
1: what was going on. Like. I love
0: how deep this goes. Like, man, this is a great list. Just like a very, very small window into BMO's operating files. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Um, And <laughs>
0: the electric slide.
1: Yeah, it's pretty concerning watching BMO do this. It's wild. Um, But it does kind of match up with what we find out at the end of this, which is that BMO was created to understand fun. Yeah. So there you go. Um
0: Yeah, this this behavior seems like on the edge of like what I want to be acceptable for BMO.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's destructive. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Bemo gets a little dark <laughs> and weird. I mean it happened last episode with football. Yeah. Um it's happened the way that BMO treats Neptur. Um and who was the what was the one when the BMO was in the in the
0: West? Oh, yeah. Um, Angel Eyes. Angel
1: Eyes. Then isn't BMO mean to somebody else in, in uh, Angel Eyes? Uh,
0: he's mean to a lot of people in that episode. He's mean to Jake. He's mean to Nepter.
1: There was like another person or thing.
0: Angel Face. <laughs> Angel Face, yeah. Angel Eyes is a song. Oh, Meemow. Meemow was in that episode, yeah. Meemow's a dick, though.
1: Meemow's a dick. Oh, shoot. Mr. Fox. I guess is who I'm thinking of. Um. Yeah. Anyway. I,
0: I feel that we've been like beating up on Nepter so bad, and all the characters do. Does, does Nepter ever get respect ever <laughs> in the show i don't think so i don't know why i'm just feeling sympathy for Neptar all of a sudden
1: well last episode <laughs> Neptar was a part of the family they had a family meeting Neptar came Neptar made the best pies we have ever seen and everyone they were finn and jake were generally happy to see Neptar football went crazy and
0: <laughs> beat him to shit
1: beat him to shit so kind of doesn't get all the way there yeah, I don't know. Poor Neptur. But uh but Finn and Jake, after the core driver, BMO's like, look, I know what's up. It's the core driver, you gotta take me to wh- what is the place called? Mo uh the Mo Factory. Mo Factory. Yeah. And BMO's been programmed to know how to get there.
0: Yeah, it's like an emergency backup file like telling BMO where to go. Um which is funny because like throughout the the process of, like, BMO doing this, like, this backup thing, like, get to the Mo factory, it's like he's reading a map, like, internally, and he just has to, like, recount that to Finn. Like, he can't just, like, give Finn a printout of instructions or whatever. He has to, like, tell Finn, like, yeah. go, go left, go right. Like, give him, in- <laughs> like, like very basic directions on how to get to this fucking factory yeah. through, through the desert and everything. And, and BMO's, like... And he's shorting out and, like, not able to speak properly the whole time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's funny. Um, and as they're getting there, was like, look, they usually have to do a factory set or something that will wipe my memories and we don't want that. Like, if that happens, it'll be tears in the oven. <laughs> I think is what. <laughs> yeah. Finn's like like tears in an oven, what? <laughs> yeah. Um He's like, Yeah. So I wonder if that's a is that
0: a I'm searching tears. Oh yeah. Is that anything people say?
1: This is a quote from Blade Runner. Though BMO says it incorrectly.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: It should be Tears in the Rain. Vanishes like uh, it'll vanish. Memories vanish like tears in the rain.
0: That's so poetic. Yeah. And BMO butchered. This. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's some really good. I man, it's been so long since I've seen Blade Runner.
1: Yeah, I want I never saw Blade Runner 2020 or whatever
0: I uh I watched it and I thought it was kind of boring (laughs) um like had to get up and like go get a snack in the middle and I came back and I was not nearly as invested in the second half
1: (laughs) yeah that's kind of what I thought it did seem like it looked cool though uh yeah sure (laughs) the cinematography yeah (laughs) if it didn't it didn't go that crazy that hard for you
0: not really I don't think the first one did either, really. Like for for the time, probably, but um, I think it was like kind of tame. The way the way it looks. <clears throat> yeah, I think at some point it looks
1: pretty. Are you sure, man? I remember Blade Runner twenty twenty four. That's like that's like some some wild shit. Like I think it won the Oscar. This shit looks pretty fucking insane now. Yeah. At one point
0: I I uh I thought there was going to be a like a Blade Runner animated series or something like that mm-hmm. <clears throat> which would have been cool um
1: Blade, original Blade Blade Runner looks really fucking cool when he's in like the sort of like Tokyo looking spot um it's rad Yeah, I mean it definitely is quite 80s um but the you know, investigating what makes a person human, the difference between man and machine. It's right in BMO willhouse so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that they would. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> they're up here. So that's that's good. So they're gonna go. So they're gonna go break in, and only Mo's are allowed in. Jake becomes J Mo, and then Finn is gonna put BMO on as a fake head, <laughs> put his arms inside, and now it's F Mo.
0: Um, Truly terrible disguise. Really terrible. Which is commented on. And seemingly just acknowledge like you look like shit <laughs> he's I, like, really yeah. <laughs> like, I really like the touch
1: that uh Jake has like sort of a i mean Finn is sort of a gut, like he's Finn's not real skinny or or fit like like it's kind <laughs> yeah. of like there's like a little bit of like a like peeking out over his like i'm like which makes sense because Finn's just eating whatever <laughs> Finn wants uh, yeah, but I like that, even though Finn's an adventurer that they still make him a little. A little more human, a little
0: yeah. chubby. Yeah. I mean, he's also just like 14, 15 at the time. Yeah. When they show Finn grown up, um, well, there's a few different versions of Finn grown up. And I think, I think the only canon version is he is a little, uh, a little bit dad bodish. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like he looks like he can still handle himself physically, but he's definitely not ripped. I think some of the, um, the more like fantasy versions of Finn in the future. Like he is like a big, like Herculean type, like ripped guy. Um, but I don't think any of those are actually real.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's fun. I, 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 like that touch. Um, so then they're going to go in, they, f- they run into Demo. We met Demo at the first episode that was in the, the more Umo Umo or whatever the yeah. fuck it's called. Yeah. Uh, so th- we're right back to Demo. We know Demo's deal. We know Demo can't really be trusted. Demo is like a is purely like a uh, procedural robot.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: F- fulfills a role that it's been given.
0: Yeah, and, and there's he Jake asks him a question at one point. He's like, "I'm not programmed to answer that." And and like, wait, hang on, and you're not programmed to ask that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then perfect response is ask what. <laughs>
0: They just confuse each other. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Confusing someone is a great way to get out of things. <laughs> yeah. Because then you're like, okay, whatever. Um Yeah, they go down and they're trying to find the like where to get the new core driver thing and mm-hmm. and it is interesting. They're like looking at the the whole factory, and the factory's sort of there's like broken windows everywhere and it's not humming. Things are not happening. Uh so you're sort of like, something go wrong here in this factory? Like where is everybody? And then they get to the core driver room, and there's like all these ports for all the different lettered mos. Like, oh, here's for for H mo and J mo. Where's the B? Where's the B? And the B looks to have been smashed out, and the the room's all bombed out. Like, there's a um door that's fallen and stuff. It's
0: yeah. Uh, it's, this this isn't th- yeah. I'm still not sure what the whole point of like this surface level factory ruins is because we find out later that there is like a bunch of shit going on. Well, like down below.
1: Yeah. They kind of, it's, it's left a little vague. The way I think about it, it seems to be is that Amo or Mo is now older and doesn't have use of Mo's legs anymore. And is like, so it seems like, up above was probably an operation for a long time where they're all built over thousands of robots were built over a series of years. And now Mo's a little bit older and they're all living underground. He's not making them anymore. Cause he's not able to.
0: Yeah. They've they just gone underground to hang out.
1: Yeah. Now why it's all uh, broken does kind of feel a little nefarious. It seems like someone came in at some point and all of them went underground I don't know. It, it feels like a little, it gives you a question mark.
0: Yeah. I, well, I guess anything could have happened in like the thousand years. Yeah. Interceding like the mushroom wars and then, but <clears throat> anyway, so they're, they're wandering around and uh, we get Paul off Tompkins. Yes. As Esmo. <laughs> Esmo. And there's a few different, so it was interesting with Esmos. there's a
1: bunch of Esmos standing around. Right. Um, and so does Paul off Tompkins do all of them. Well, that's what I was going to pull up. He didn't sound... At first, it, in the first scene, it sounded like he did. Then it it sounded like not. Yeah, It sounded like when they were... Because they, they go in there, they think they've defeated Finn and Jake. Then they all go into their cop break room, which is a very funny scene.
0: Yeah. So, S, I'm assuming this is Security Mose. Yeah.
1: It is voiced by Paul F. Tompkins. But it definitely sounded like there were other um was a full, uh, is there? A i full? mean
0: pauloff yeah. Tompkins does some voices but there yes. were some some voices that sounded like not quite paul Tompkins. Tompkins so although there w- there was a filter on on it because it's like yeah a robot so I don't know maybe maybe really they all were him
1: and- well i'm gonna check right now uh this is some real miscellaneous mania but it's okay I love Paul F. Tompkins. Es- Esmo, Captain, and Esmo. This is what's listed there. It sounds like there's someone else, but uh, what are you going to do? Yes. Oh, yes. Me too. He's one of my favorite comedians. Last week, Sean, we were calling Sean the... Uh, Paul F. Tompkins of the Guys, and he was very <laughs> delighted by that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the scene when they're in the break room is very funny. They're like putting coffee on their faces and
0: yeah. Cause it's just Paul F. Tompkins, like just talking about being goofs or whatever. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> and there's one guy,
0: who... what are you doing over there? Being goofy. <laughs> like, yeah. <it's> just...
1: <laughs> there was a couple of, uh, of lines in there. I wish I wrote down that were extremely funny. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's classic Paul F. Tompkins. Just like, uh, I wonder if that, that shit was even scripted or if he was just, they were just like, we know who we're getting. So he can just go.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and then inside of one of the esmo's is Jake and, uh, they're all hiding, and Bimo's like, "Look, plug me into Paul of Tompkins, and I'll figure out where we are." And they're going to do it. Bemo starts vomiting because Bemo's so sick. <laughs> that was very funny. I was hoping there was a clip of uh, of Esmo, but I can't find it. And uh, they find out they have to go down into the shaft. They have to go down, right, left, corkscrew down, and they'll they'll be there. <laughs> uh, and they go on this like chase then that's like basically like a roller coaster.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're riding like tram cars or whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: And they, and they get, they just send all the way Did to the uh,
0: No, I know you haven't played this game. Uh, Super Super Mario RPG.
1: No. What's that for?
0: There, for Super Nintendo. There, ah. It's one of my favorite games of all time. There was actually a moment um, in we add. football that reminded me of a lot of like classic RPG games and we kind of blew past it, but um the scene where you you see the mirror universe and you see the bathroom and it's like it's not existing like in a world. It's just like you get the room in a void because like you only get what you would see. Yes, and like the whole like very cool room uh, existing in a black void and like maybe it's connected by a hallway to another room. That's a very RPG kind of layout. Like a lot of '90s Super Nintendo games, like Super Mario RPG. It's like you just get the area that you're in and it's just a black background and you take like the hallway down to another area and you, there's a black background. Yeah. Um, it feels like they reference video games a lot on these shows yes. and I, I can't always tell like what's an explicit reference and what's maybe just sort of baked into their aesthetic. Um, but uh, that whole tram car chase sequence mm-hmm. seems a lot like a Super Mario RPG level uh, where you're riding minecarts. carts as like a, a mountain is going to explode ah. <laughs> and, and you have to like, there's, you know, little cross tracks and you got to like turn left or right and like, you know, like make these like hairpin turns and stuff. Um, and just the way that it was laid out looked very specifically like that. Um, That's cool.
1: Well, there's a couple shots that are like a 2D shot, like, like where it's, everything's moving horizontally, like it would be yeah. on a game. Uh, I did feel that. That's cool. Um, played some Super Nintendo when I was away for bachelor party in August. They have one of those new. The the house just had one of those new Super Nintendo things, while the games built in.
0: Oh yeah, those are cool. I have all the Super Nintendo games on a uh, an emulator.
1: That's um,
0: cool. I mean, I've I've Super Nintendo has always been easy to emulate, so I've been playing Super Nintendo emulations like since. I had a Super Nintendo and I didn't need to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, uh, once N64 came out, it was hard to like buy Super Nintendo games. Uh, so, I, like, I started like just downloading ROMs and stuff. That's um, cool. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, so they get down to Mo. Mo's in the basement or whatever, the lowest shaft. And you hear, Mo, is that B Mo? And uh, the S Mo's like bow to Mo and like, yeah. they're off. And then Mo is there. And Mo, this big game boy is carrying Mo whose heart looks to be activated by a small Mo and lungs are activated by a small Mo. Right. And then MO like throws Mo down on the ground kind of violently. So
0: un- unceremoniously. And yeah.
1: it's, <laughs> yeah. It's a- it's- and then they're like, well, and, and, uh, Finn's like, do you make all these moves? And, he's, and I think this is, this is mostly him, like, don't be alarmed. My legs just don't work. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> Interesting.
0: Right. So M Mo ma- makes it seem like it's like medical Mo, is that? Oh, maybe, yeah. Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem to be very smart and just like kind of tosses him around.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know.
0: <sighs> uh yeah, they do like meet Mo and uh Finn does remark, Are you human also? Yeah. I forgot about that revelation. Um and he he like kind of Avoids giving like a real answer or like providing context to an answer. He says, "He's like, are, are, are you also humans? Like, well, my skin is right, <laughs> which is so weird. Well, I guess because his heart <laughs> and
1: lungs are not at this point. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's interesting. Yeah,
0: it's kind of creepy.
1: <laughs> it's creepy. And then Mo starts to go to fix bmo and says that like you're not going to wipe our friend's personality. He goes never, of course. Like, BMO is very special." And you're like, we all know Bimo's special, and it's so it's nice to get confirmation that no, no, no this is a special person or Game Boy.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I guess on a first watch through, uh, BMO all of a sudden like reveals like, oh yeah, there's a Mo Factory. That's where I got to go. I was like, oh, so like there's like a bunch of BMOs around. Like there's this is just a a thing that like happened at one point in the history of, of this ooh. And like, there was a factory just like pumping out these game boy buddies and like, okay, well I never like really thought about it up until this point, but Bimo just sort of mentioned that. So like, okay, I guess this makes sense of the backstory, but then like, as we go through the episodes, like, oh no, actually we just saw all these other Mo's, but the one that we like and know is super unique. He yeah. is the only one. Um, So it's like a cool way to like, Turn the episode around after it like introduced the concept that maybe we hadn't needed to grapple with yet. Right, that's true. Because
1: yeah, it's like wait a minute, there's a million Mos. Right, because Bimo
0: is is one of the most unique characters in animation. Yeah, and then like the episode starts off like, oh, I come from a factory and there's hundreds of me. Yeah. Like, Oh shit, really? That uh-huh. sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the revelation that like, oh no, BMO is exactly the special little guy that everyone loves. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which is nice. Um, and yeah, which is like, a, it's just a feeling. I felt that moving to Brooklyn a little bit. I remember when you're in like, new, I was in like rural New Jersey. And when you're like, oh yeah, I'm like a music guy and I'm listening to these obscure records or these exciting new bands. And I'm like rolling through the woods and there's like, you know... Uh, like conservative dad uh, <laughs> uh, mowing his lawn down the street. And there's like, uh, there's like hikers and fishermen. And it, it's so kind of, it feels kind of nice. Then you get into Brooklyn and I remember I always, I may have said this before, but I remember um, being in before work, learning a Tame Impala song on bass is like 2015 or something or 16. And then I took off my headphones and I heard the song being blasted from a car driving down the street from my bedroom and I went outside and was walking to the train and I heard another car blasting it and I got into work and somebody was listening to it. And I was like, well, I guess my interests aren't that unique. (laughs) You know, um, I'm like, huh? And then, and then, but I, I think as you go on and I've met lots of ever, the whole world loves Tim and Paul at this point, but I do, you do kind of go, okay now, now here I am like, a bunch of years later, I'm like, you know, actually, I do think I'm a bit unique in <laughs> the places that I come from and the way I'm choosing to spend my time. And so even, you know, Eric, I'd say you are, too. And uh, everyone is everyone is a little bit unique, even if I'm the cert. You know, what I mean, like you go through those times where you're like, oh, there's just I'm one of a million. And then. Yeah. But then you're also like, but not really. <laughs> but yes, but no, you know.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, this is an uh a fun kind of thought experiment that this episode provides, like out of out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Uh and but I, I do like the twist that he he seems to have created Mo each of them for a different purpose. the B Mo was created with the purpose of entertaining his son, which he says he basically was making robots that he never got around to dating any ladies. <laughs> So (laughs) never had that son, but it's okay.
0: Like also this could have been like such a trope kind of thing. It's like the old toy maker, you know, his, his perfect, uh, invention his like his best work, the toy that he makes for his son. Yeah. Right. And then like tragically, like the son passes away in something or whatever. Or he never,
1: he never had a son. It's his biggest regret in life is that he never actually made time to have a family and he wishes that he had. That's not Mo.
0: Yeah. He's just like, oh, I kind of forgot about it, but whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. It didn't happen, which I love.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like they could, they could have really like started like pulling on some heartstrings at that moment. And like, but they just didn't, they just like blow, blow right past it. Like in perfect adventure time yeah. fashion. <laughs>
1: some people, some people prioritize different things or some people are like, yeah, I thought it'd be nice to have a kid. I didn't have one. That's eh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That is a, that is a possibility in this world. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I do think, I mean, family's important. Having kids is is cool and everything. I do wonder if it is a really powerful uh, tool in storytelling because family is the closest thing to us, most important. It almost like reinforces the tr- the tradition of the nuclear family or having kids is what you need to do is like reinforced through story. And some people have said it in like a nefarious or capitalist sensu- uh, way because the more people there are, the more consumers there are the, for their... Uh, the, the the cycle goes. But um I also think it's uh like you're saying here, almost like a natural story device where yeah. it's like, all right, we need some stakes or we need something to happen or something to move the story along. It's like, well, what if, you know, something about children? It's like what's more weighty and provides more emotion than that. Um but I like to hear that they didn't they didn't give a shit about that. And they just move right forward. Yes. And then uh he he repairs BMO and then shows they're kind of like, well, what? Like, Bemo's so great. Like, everyone upstairs was so meanest. And and Moe's like, well, underground. And it opens this hatch. And there's this huge, like, vertical shaft that all of the Moes are living in. And yeah. they all say hi to Bemo right away. Yeah. It's like, meet it's- your family, Bemo. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. Well, he did say that he hoped that BMO would go out and find a family or find another little boy to uh, entertain,
0: which is Finn. Yeah. Doesn't Finn sort of remark about the like, oh, like doesn't he say something? Cute? Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> kind of blushes. And then we see, and then we go, we go over see all the Moes and the, the millions of Mos it says. And it's very, uh, very interesting. And there's a couple of them that, you know, they all
0: are kind of Game Boy-ish. Yeah. What's the one over on the right? That one that looks, that one? Yeah. That looks like Bimo, but it's.
1: Can you zoom in? I can't. It's not though. It it looks almost like a
0: M right there or something. Yeah, the uh the controls aren't as complicated.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they all look like <coughs> almost BMOs. Um Oh do we see an, it says here we see an empty amo bed? Yeah, oh, I did yeah. notice
0: that. It happens really We go quickly. through the levels. Yeah.
1: That's cool. They're what hinting. Were
0: the, what were the other ones that, that you get real quick?
1: Well, you get heartmo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna, That one's just too much. <laughs> I know.
1: I'm gonna um just tweet out heartmo right now. Yeah. No explanation. <laughs> While we're sitting here. <laughs> yeah you like that um and i'll just do a heart
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm losing it at heart mo you guys gotta see heart
1: mo heart mo is uh is something else heart mo so heart mo is a pink game boy with legs <laughs> with legs <laughs> human legs dude this is like me seeing Ricardio or like the buff people um dude I why are buff people so funny to me
0: um there's a it it reminds me a little bit of um this character from star versus the forces of evil uh, rich pigeon <laughs> rich which pigeon. is just a pigeon with human legs <laughs> a heart
1: mode does have a uh, Heels too, I should say. Yeah, I mean it's those are some gams, right there. <laughs> which I think I can say. Um, yeah, it's very funny. Um, yeah, and then BMO says hi to the family, and then the
0: episode just ends. That's it. And then, so we don't really see any of these other mos or Mo on ever again. Actually, right? When
1: do we see like, the flashback of Mo? Is that in the um the two parter that we did at the beginning? Remember there's like a flashback of a younger Mo making like I don't remember when
0: that is. Uh yeah, I don't know. Cause at the b- onset of the m- more you mow the Mo You Know, uh Mo is already dead.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's 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 a couple more visions of Mo but we don't really see we don't see the rest of them a whole lot what <coughs> are the other appearances of Mo it's the first one yeah then those two come on, yeah so I guess in these there's oh flashbacks see there are flashbacks in the more you mow, the more you know huh
0: yeah this is the only proper appearance of him
1: well he dies yeah and Amo assumes his
0: form. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think it would have been cool to just get a little bit more out of this character, or at least the other mos
1: Yeah, we we, we talked about it. Yeah. And...
0: Although, like, kind of, I guess the the point of this episode is really to illustrate like how special and unique BMO is. So. Yeah. I and mean, it makes sense that like they're they're not dwelling on all these other mo robots. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: Um, did you see the snail?
0: No, I did not see the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No. <sighs> All right, fuck too, us. Much, too much story going on. Right. There were a bunch of shots where I was like, it could have been there and it went by too quickly. Yeah. I, was, I don't know.
1: And lots of big shots. There was a lot happening within the Mo factory. Yeah. Guess we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Or Mo got all the equipment, materials, and capital for this factory. So a lot of there's a lot of questions.
0: Uh maybe there was some sort of mining operation. Like a lot of it's underground. Yeah. Although I suppose like you build the first few Moes and then you have a labor force. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's true. Really good point. They can go out and scavenge for materials and bring them back. And- <laughs> yeah. Make the Esmos do it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Mislay Mania?
0: Okay, so this was storyboarded by Steve Wolfhard and Tom Herpich.
1: Some real classics, classic storyboard artists, writers there. Yep. Story by a whole host of names: Kent Osborne, Pendleton Ward, Patrick McHale, Rebecca Sugar, Tom Herpich, and Steve Wolfhard. Um, just the Murderers Row. Yeah. Season five, they're hitting.
0: Yep. This was um, was Rebecca Sugar. On her way out at this point. I Can't
1: remember. Let's look at the appearances. This is the only episode that Rebecca has a story by credit on, but not a written
0: by credit. Interesting. Uh, maybe because she was about to leave and start Steven Universe. When is... So,
1: I it says here the last episode that um Rebecca actually did wrote and storyboarded with Simon and Marcy, which is like twelve episodes before Bmore. Yeah, so or actually n- 14 episodes.
0: All right. So my guess is that she did that last one that she storyboarded, had like conference with everyone about like the idea for this this BMO episode, but then Stephen Universe got greenlit and she left to go start that. That's just my guess. I have no idea how that works, but it seems like it could be. So this is, I guess, then the latest episode in the series that Rebecca Sugar contributed to.
1: That's what I'm gathering.
0: There are songs. Yeah, I know she wrote the song in the series finale. Yeah. but, But she was specially asked to come back for that. Yeah.
1: There's a song, Marceline's song in season
0: 7 episode 7 where oh, everything stays. Yeah. yeah. Uh we haven't done that episode yet, No. not will be there's lots of And then, cool shit about that. The um the Steven Universe movie uh you you've watched the movie, right? Uh-huh. Um the big story with um the Spinel character is sort of like reused from the Marceline song, Everything Stays, like the backstory behind that song. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about that when we get to that episode. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah, we can. That. But yeah, interesting. But yeah, so I get, all right. I mean, that's that's notable. If this is the latest episode to have a Rebecca Sugar contribution. Yeah. We are, uh, basically, at, this is like the halfway point of the series. It's it's kind of crazy to think that like she had such iconic contributions to the show and yet she really wasn't on it for that long considering its run.
1: Yeah, no. Not not that that long.
0: That's interesting. Um,
1: um Um some observations in here. Um that I love this the Bimo's heart is literally gold. He's a heart of gold. Yeah. Uh
0: which I did notice. Um uh, is this, this can't be the only Paul F. Tompkins um, appearance, right? No,
1: I don't think so. I feel like I remember Paul F. Tompkins.
0: He's got to be in some other episodes. Yeah. I like how in regular show, he's kind of like, oh, yeah. just he's like,
1: a, he's on Smothers. He plays a jalapeno pepper, <laughs> <laughs> a couple flame sur- soldiers, a flame actor. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I like on regular show, he's sort of, for the first few seasons, just like guest voice actor at large. Like he kind of just like comes in and does random characters. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't do do so much towards later seasons though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's just around. Yeah. Oh my God, That's funny. is a great recognizable. You know, it's interesting because I feel like some people as voice actors get ragged on when they just do their voice. Um, it's kind of what he does. But in these bit parts, I don't mind it. Like if, if you're always a main character and you're always doing it, I guess it's one thing, but it's kind of fun in this cameo sort of way.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, he, 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 puts on some accents and stuff and yeah, yeah. I mean, he is, he does have voices like he he's does. a podcaster that does, you know, characters. So mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's great. His, uh, his wife is the voice of Margaret on regular show. Really? And I, I, I kind of wonder how the inside baseball worked out on that. Um, what with him
1: getting on the show?
0: Yeah, like if w- did they cast his wife, and then she was like, "Oh, by the way, like my husband's this comedian who does podcasts." <laughs> like, yeah, and maybe you get him on. <laughs> I
1: remember um, Pete Holmes is on uh, Adve- Adventure Time. He talked about it on his um, podcast. I remember talking about it with somebody, and he was like. He, he said it and then was like, oh, I, I remember hearing this in like 2014 where he was like, you know, a lot of times you wait for people to ask you for opportunities. And he's like, you can ask for opportunities. He was like, <laughs> he was like, you know, you can, ask, he's like, I can ask to be on Adventure Time. Like he was like, I was talking to Kyle Kinane or like um, somebody or Aziz and they were like, oh, you can. they're always looking for people for Adventure Time. Like you can just do that. <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah. And I will never hearing that. Just be like, what? You can just do that. I was like, I guess when you're like an established Hollywood big time comedian in the in the the scene that's a thing i thought that was a funny thing
0: there are like animation is such a vibrant world right now and there are so many like really fun guest voices like in every show i think i mentioned that that uh show centaur world is like Mm -hmm. so freaking wild um but Santa Gold pops up and That's has, yeah, has like a, like a, a pretty big role in like two episodes, <laughs> and she sings and everything in it. Um, That's
1: so interesting.
0: Yeah, like any any show right now, uh, you can find like some really fun cameos, um, and like I, I feel like a lot of like series, like animated series, are still carried by career voice actors. Yeah, which is good because a lot of animated movies are just like getting like, you know, the big A-list celebrities that, you know, just, they just do the regularized voices. Yeah. Um, Chris Pratt. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, But it's, it's fun when those guys come in for cameos and shit, you know, like um, and, and shows that are as big as adventure time, like they could be anyone. It could, Mm -hmm. it could be. uh, uh, So, okay. So South Park has really fallen out of favor in my, personal preferences in recent years. Um, sure. But I feel like they kind of pioneered that concept when they had George Clooney guest star as like a fucking dog. Yeah. <laughs> that was very, very funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah man. Did you watch the South Park concert that they did? No. It's very, very good. Um, it, it makes you remember why you loved South Park in the first place. They have, it's, they have a uh, Primus and Ween are the backing bands and then Rush comes and the songs are all great. I mean, uh, some of them are tiresome. And then, yeah, you watch some of the new stuff and you're like, ah, oh, yes, why I stopped following this show. <laughs> right. uh, but then you hear some of those classic songs and you're like, oh, this is pretty entertaining. Um, but yeah, they kind of... I'm not watching it like that anymore. Yeah. Um where Yeah. Okay, wait. There was something else I wanted to bring up for miscellaneous. Mania. Um... Which is there's a bunch of like you know things you can notice in here. Okay, I want to find this. This is a uh, they don't frustratingly on the wiki they don't have a uh, source for this, but <laughs> this is a big thing to have a source for that Pendleton Ward stated that Mo is not a human. He's really? been wasting away bit by bit. Has been replaced his organs and body parts with electronics making him cyborg or even a robot, which I guess is what he's implying.
0: Oh, okay. But he did start out as a human. Yes. Now he's a oh, cyborg. This was
1: nominated for um, an Emmy for Outstanding Short Form Animated Program.
0: Interesting. I don't I don't feel like this um, episode is really like... I don't, this episode is great. I have nothing against this episode. I don't feel like it's remarkable when put up against other Adventure Time episodes. Sure. Um may okay, maybe maybe I can understand how it was Emmy nominated because it's a little bit more straightforward in narrative execution. Maybe that means it's a little bit more accessible. Uh so it does all the things that Adventure Time does, but it does it maybe in a more digestible A to B kind of format. So okay. I understand maybe a mainstream awards audience could recognize it a little bit more readily in that regard. Yeah.
1: I'm looking at like what was nominated and uh, the episodes that were nominated are quite interesting um, and won.
0: I don't feel like this episode breaks ground in terms of the show. No. Um, It's a very good episode of animated television in general so so sure. so some interesting ones
1: that we've watched because my favorite two people was nominated uh it came from the night of Sphere was nominated that makes that would make sense to me um too young then one that the first one that wins is wins is Puhoi
0: that's a great episode so
1: that's a good one
0: I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, we've talked about that with craig a little bit that it's basically a star trek ripoff episode right um, and sure that watched. star trek episode is iconic
1: cool so we have that then simon and marcy nominated makes sense uh wizards wizards only fools wins in 2004 that's interesting
0: now is that the one with um okay this is one i don't remember as well because this is the only episode that i didn't watch before recording our podcast (laughs) (laughs) because i was i was too busy we did it with will right oh my god yeah that
1: that that one was very chaotic (laughs) Jesse Moynihan. Um, um Yeah. Interesting one to win. Then we get B-More. Then there's Walnuts and Rain
0: one. Don't remember that one. Jake the Brick one. That is a really good episode. Uh sort. But you know, the okay, the like a lot of these uh nominations are ones that I'm seeing that like don't necessarily have to be episodes of adventure time like they're just con- like they're just great standalone animated television things like yeah. they like you could do it on another show with other characters probably and it would still be the same quality like it's great that those can pop up in uh, a show like adventure time and it still works in the continuity and with yeah. the characters but I, like a sh- an episode like Jake the Brick feels like it feels less like uh, a signature adventure time thing and more of like an anthology thing that happens within adventure time.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. There's some other ones. There's a outstanding.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like my favorite episodes of this show are episodes that are so intrinsically like just inextricably linked into the fabric of adventure time it's like you could not appreciate those episodes without appreciating the whole of the series like and it's context within that um and those aren't the episodes that get recognition i don't think so
1: it makes sense to me that makes sense so i'm a little tired got the flu shot and the covid (laughs) vaccine yesterday i'm a little a little knocked out um But that makes a lot of sense. It makes sense too why that would be the episode they put forth for nomination too, you know? Yeah, Uh, because it's yeah. All right, we're oh here we go. You know, it's funny when you look at these because sometimes there's things that you're like, I don't need to say this out loud. (laughs) Mosif Mastro Giovanni. Mosif,
0: (laughs) that's his name. Mosif, yeah.
1: Oh, uh, here we go. Rebecca Sugar and Patrick McHale helped write the episode when it was originally pitched during season three. Oh. This is interesting. Aziz ended up in the store, in the show, after um, Pendleton Ward tweeted at him, asking him to be in the episode last minute.
0: That role wasn't uh, very meaty, I don't think. Demo? Yeah. No. Like, I mean, there were plenty of lines, but like, I feel like the character didn't contribute that much.
1: No, we did get a couple we did get a a trademark Aziz yell. Oh no no. <laughs> yeah. Which is a Aziz thing. And then he did one of his like yelly voices when he's with the Esmos.
0: Um Yeah. Yeah, it does say that Sugar left after storyboarding Simon and Marcy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's pick an episode for next week. Let's do it. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Let's go. It's the episode next week's gonna be interesting. See, see, n- next week in air quotes. See uh, what, see what actually happens. Two fifty-five.
1: That. Is Elements Part 2 bespoke for?
0: I think we did that. Um,
1: that is... I was curious. I was like, I can't remember which Elements that was.
0: We did that, right? No, maybe we didn't. I don't think so. But I, I'm, I'm going to go check.
1: It is Season 9, Episode 3. We did, we did Part 3.
0: There's a lot of talk about Ice King's bespoke suit. Maybe we did the episode right before it and.
1: Elements part one, maybe. One day we're going to do an episode twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. I don't think we did this. Oh, we did do it. Episode 17. <laughs> <laughs> we did. <laughs> Two years ago. <laughs> All right, spin it again. <laughs> Shit.
0: What are we gonna watch next week?
1: What are we gonna watch? It's the
0: episode. Generator. We gotta use. 202. Okay. That generator we're supposed to.
1: Oh, cherry cream soda. I don't think we did this one.
0: No, that's a. Dude. Season 7, episode 3. Cherry cream soda. Dude, this one is. crazy is this the the uh the yes like the guy dies comes back and his wife is remarried yeah. <laughs> to
1: starchy yeah. dude this one i was watching this with sean being like like one of those episodes where you're like wow they really go here too <laughs> yeah. that's an exciting one
0: <clears throat> cherry cream soda cool That that's a good one that's a good one to get a guest on i don't know who it's it'll be, really i think one. our next episode we're gonna have a guest We should. Um, Might be be Will. That'd be fun.
1: Oh, right. It's December.
0: Actually, I don't think I've talked about that with Will, but I'm going to be there. And we'll have um, time in between some of those shows. So we got to get him on at some point.
1: Yeah. Cool. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to support us, Adventure Guys... FM, no, anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast. Anchor.fm slash. Go to adventureguys.com,
0: see what happens. Yeah,
1: I don't even know. <laughs> Anch- have, we,
0: have we tried that? No.
1: <laughs> anchor.fm slash Guys podcast. You can give us um, some money each month. Thank you, everyone who has. I'm gonna go try adventureguys.com right now. Could be scary. Workplaycare.com slash get geared up. All right. Not an operation, but <laughs> What are you gonna do? Um, also, go follow us on social media, Instagram, YouTube, all
0: that shit. Yep, um, and buy the Holophonics new record.
1: Yes, and go to the tour. I'm I'm upset that uh, it's not in the uh, the East Coast because I can't go.
0: Um, What's the closest show to here? Chicago. Yeah, just get your ass to Chicago. Gotta get to Chicago. What day is that? Saturday, uh, December seventeenth. Nice.
1: I don't I don't know if I can, but I would love to in spirit. Maybe we can do a go live or something from the
0: show that'd be fun yeah that'll be a good show that's the biggest venue on the on the tour
1: chicago get out there um the new half phonics music really is we've been talking about it go go listen right now um something else uh yeah cool thanks everyone all right peace out y'all